Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. At some point, I will shave my face and uh, go back to being like a like a smooth four and a half here on YouTube. But for now, I remain poor of hygiene, such as the signs of the end of the NBA fantasy draft ramp-up season. You know, I might actually shave the second I get off air with this delightful razor from Manscaped, but we'll save that promo for a little later in the show. Welcome into the first edition of the weekly lineup show, also known as the week ahead, also known as a fantasy weekly preview, whatever you want to call it. We got the first slate of games. It's six days of games this week, Tuesday through Sunday. I am Dan Bespris. This, of course, is a sports ethos presentation, and I guess this is technically also still Fantasy NBA Today. And I'm joined by the master of the week ahead, who writes the uh, incredible Fantasy Pass piece at Sports Ethos, breaking down every aspect of the upcoming week. That is Derek Ball at D-Ball B-Ball. What a lovely... I mean, kudos to your parents for giving you the opportunity to go with D-Ball B-Ball as a Twitter handle. I mean, I I gotta say, dude, I am insanely jealous because D-Bez Basketbez is does not roll off the tongue. How you been, man? What's going on? Good. You are, you're too kind. You know what? My parents, they're just masters of branding. They knew what they were doing right yeah. off the bat. And, uh, you know, I, it was, it was meant to be. Yeah, no, still, my parents were really happy to be here. My parents stunk at branding. Never going <laughs> to, never going to forgive them for this. My middle name is Walter. I don't know if that would go any better in any of this stuff. Probably not. Um, but I want to dive right in because first of all, uh, your, your thread on Twitter Excellent. I hope everybody gives you a follow so that they can get this type of stuff. It's out there right now. It's actually very useful if anybody wants to have kind of a short burst iteration of some of the stuff we're going to be talking about on the show. Again, he is at D-Ball, B-Ball on social. But also, uh, the week ahead piece over on Sports Ethos, that has a whole lot of extra detail and also some fun you know, intro paragraphs that I think everybody will get a nice little kick out of. But I want to talk to you about a few things here, because week one, this will be a little bit of a different conversation between the two of us than week two, three, four, and really when you kind of settle into things, streaming is different. This is not all about streaming. We're making decisions in week one that could impact your team for an entire season. So I know I'm monologuing here a little bit, but then I'm going to be hitting you with questions rapid fire. The point I want to make for the viewers and listeners is week one weekly preview is less about trying to wedge in every single game you can and more about this sort of broad picture stuff. So Derek, how do you approach week one from a week ahead standpoint? Because to even call it just like a week ahead kind of show almost doesn't do a service to what you're actually trying to do with the next six days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you hit it right on on the head. Uh, Right at the beginning, we're pretty much on an even playing field with every other team in our league. Uh, And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to make quality moves instead of quantity moves as the season progresses. And you're just trying to get raw numbers on the board. Yeah. You know what? You're going to, you're going to start to shift your strategy. You're going to look for more of a short-term game. Uh, But right off the bat, you know what? There's every season there's breakout players. There's always that player that slides in the draft that, you know, doesn't end up rostered. And uh, some, some opportunistic manager is going to be, the one to pick them up. And we're just trying to be that opportunistic manager by, you know, by getting ahead of the trend this year. So um, how do you approach, say, 
today, tomorrow? Because I feel like Tuesday, mm -hmm. Wednesday is its own universe compared to every other day of the entire NBA season. Because this is everybody's first game. This is the moment we try to figure out, was there anything we just totally didn't see coming going into your fantasy drafts? Well, I mean, first off, uh, you, you, you kind of have to trust yourself uh, in the first couple of days, not only because there's not a lot of opportun opportunities to stream, um, but you know what? You, you drafted those players for a reason. You kind of want to see what they look like in their first game before you start making major decisions. Now, there's going to be some people like we were talking about off air that, you know, maybe you've got someone with a, a sore toe who's not going to be ready to start the, uh, you know, the first game of the season. You might be looking to the wire to make some, you know, some short term moves. Uh, but, you know, most things uh, being equal, you're probably not going to be looking to do very much on the first couple of days, except see how your draft went. And then as you start to get the results coming in, you're going to react to it. And then that's going to give you a lot more uh, perspective on how you're going to build for the rest of the week and uh, what your team's going to look like moving forward. I guarantee that there isn't a single one of us out there. If we, you know, we all have 13, 13 player rosters. I'm sure we all didn't pick 13 players. They're going to finish on our roster. So you know, we're just <laughs> yeah, starting the process of figuring out who, who's going to be off first. Uh, I did manage to figure out a way to get your uh, your your tweet thread on the screen here. I'll try to make it bigger so people can see on YouTube uh, some of the text on that. So let's say then, okay, well, let's move a pa past that very first element we're talking about, which is, okay, how did we do research-wise going to drafts? Was there any massive surprise? I'll be honest, um, I can't think of like, a massive, massive surprise on opening week since Devontae Graham on the Hornets like half a decade ago. That's like the last one that's in my head of, oh, nobody drafted that guy. He wasn't on anybody's list, and he came roaring out of nowhere to have like a top 70-60 fantasy season. Mostly, the guys that are like, even now the ones that are like, oh yeah, he didn't get drafted. Those are guys that are generally drafted in intermediate and expert leagues, maybe not novice ones. So, Moving past that part of it, which is basically, yeah. is there anybody on these first two days that's just this whopper of a surprise? Is there someone on your own teams that you're just like, oh, dude played four minutes. Maybe this isn't something I need to see through all that much. Mm -hmm. I threw this tweet thread on the screen because you immediately get into, well, what if the, I have a, a roster slot that turns into something that's kind of junk? What do you do with it then? Well, I mean, um, if, we're, if we're talking about right off the bat, if we're looking at a Tuesday or a Thursday, which are both two-game days, you really might not have that many options to go with because we're not just making moves for the sake of making moves. Like you said, right off the bat, there are going to be some names out there, like you can see a Christian Wood on screen, where you know what, there is some upside. And if you are in one of those leagues where he wasn't rostered, you are going to go for it. Um, but uh, but ultimately, like you're, you're really trying to find the players that are going to get the minutes right off the bat. So if you're picking a player and they're looking at having four, five, six minutes in their first game, that's not going to set the good, a good tone for, for the rest of the season in a standard league. Um, and then, you, you know, you talk about moving into a, a day like a Wednesday where, you know, 12, 12 games are happening. That's 24 teams that are active. You're going to be really lucky if you're going to be adding anyone off the waiver wire and they can actually fit into your starting lineup. So, again, there's really not a lot to be doing in the first couple of days other than reflecting on, you know, how values are shaking out and maybe trying to be lucky and catch that Devontae Graham when they break out. Who are the teams with two games this week? Because that that's going to take me to my yeah. next question. 
Yeah, exactly. So we're, you know, if you if you're looking at the screen right now, you're going to see that LA and Phoenix are both active on both of those days, uh, being that they're the you know star-studded teams that the league wants to promote. Of course, they're going to get all of the you know all of the juiciest days in the in the first week of the schedule. And then surprise, surprise, we're looking at Denver and Milwaukee for the other two. So you know, really, we're talking about championship contenders with really firmly established rotations, really firmly established pecking orders. And you know, frankly, I think everyone knows by now that if you're playing on a team with a LeBron James. A Giannis Antetokounmpo, a Damian Lillard, you know, name a star, Nikola Jokic, you're probably not going to have a lot of bench players that are able to, you know, collect a lot of stats. There's going to be the starters. Everyone knows about the starters. And frankly, they're all on rosters already. What about going back to sort of the league as a whole? What do you do? Um, so I'm going to give away one little chunk because, I mean, this is a thing people could figure out if they really wanted to. One of the yeah. things you break down in your week ahead piece is what teams actually have two, three, four, and five games in a given week. Yes. This this week, everybody has either two or three, right? Yeah. So we're getting the Monday start. So you know what? Uh, that's probably where that fourth game would have fit in for a lot of teams. Um, but uh, there are still, you know, even though everyone's mostly playing a three-game schedule, there are some that are better than others. And uh, you know, if you're reading the article, uh, you're you're going to find out, or, or the thread, you're going to find out a lot about why that is. Because not all game days are made equal. You know what? I, I was saying before, there was a 12-game day, there's a two-game day. If I'm a streamer, I'm definitely looking at the games with you know single-digit totals because there's just more to be gained uh, from a competitive advantage on those uh, on those days. To give you an example, we're talking about you know my team of the week this uh, you know this uh, week is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, anyone looking at the schedule is going to say, oh well, they don't start until Thursday. But then if you look at the games they're playing from Thursday onwards, you're talking about let me see here, we've got Philadelphia playing on a two game day, and then they play on a seven game day and a six game day. Um, you know, among a lot of the other competitors at the three game, uh, at the three game mark, there's, uh, there's just not that kind of opportunity. Most of these other three game teams have a two day rest period in between. So especially since we're talking from a streaming perspective here, or at least a short term ad, there's not a lot to be gained. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Do you do things differently? I know I'm taking you, I'm, I'm bouncing to a sort of a different idea here. Do you do things differently if you have, uh, I, 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 let me go back a tiny bit farther actually. Sure. So yep. to, in my mind, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree because you're the, you're the stream master here. In my mind, there's like one scenario this opening week where I might stream a little harder. And it's if I just happen to have 
sort of a heavy dose of the teams that only play twice, which is the Celtics, the Nets, the Hornets, the Mavs, the Pacers, the Bucks, the Wolves, the Pels, the Magic, and the Wizards. If your mm-hmm. opponent this week, because I mean, because there are a lot of three versus two situations, you could end up with like a seven eight game disadvantage. It kind of feels like you need to make up for that because you don't want to just take like a seven to two or eight one loss right out of the shoot. Then you're fighting to come back, even if you like your team, you're fighting to come back. A hundred percent, you're exactly right there. And there are going to be some teams that find themselves in that situation. And you know what? I don't think it's the worst situation to find yourself in because you're filling up a roster on a day where most people aren't trying to fill up their roster, which means that if you're looking at short-term ads, you're probably going to have your choice of the, you know, of the, of what's available. Um, if you're looking at a 12 game, uh, day or, uh, you know, 11 games, uh, being the two days that you were talking about there, um, you're going to have that many more options to go for. And everyone's got their favorite players that they like to add, especially in the early schedule. We're really just trying to pick out the guys that we think are going to have the best seasons. And the guys that we're most confident in are going to be the ones that we're naturally going to gravitate towards. You're just going to have more options if you're in that scenario. Now, of course, it's not ideal. You don't want to be having your end of bench guys going against another team's, you know, proper starters. But at the end of the day, there are ways to navigate that. And I touch on that in the article in the threads as well, where, you know what, if I'm, sitting from you know from behind the eight ball when we're talking about games played i'm probably not going to be making as much an effort of an effort to win counting stats i'm probably going to be looking more towards high impact categories and efficiency which are things that i'll be able to address more easily from you know from the back of the roster we'll say i'm gonna pull the curtain back just the tiniest bit here for folks on youtube this will be another reason for uh, for folks to come over and watch this show instead of listening in the future um this is actually a snippet of Derek's week ahead piece on sports ethos this is technically behind the paywall so sorry uh that i gave a tiny bit away here but it's only a tiny bit this is just a small chunk uh, of the overall page and here you've highlighted your favorite and worst schedule of the week you already talked to our listeners and viewers about the sixers being your favorite i see here your worst schedule of the week is the timberwolves can you talk us through that one well, you know what? There's a lot of optimism around the Wolves right now, so I, I think it's safe to say that most of their players are rostered. But um, the one thing that really stands out to me, as far as uh, you know, productivity, um, is is who they're playing. Now, first off, two game week. We're, we don't like that. We never like a two game week in any schedule, even if the, the next step up is just, uh, or even if the you know the leading team only plays three games. You want to have more. Two is not a good number, right? But there's a lot of other teams that play on those same schedules. The reason that I chose the Wolves is who they're playing. Other teams are playing some, you know, frankly, they're not as strong defensive teams. But if you uh, saw that screenshot that you put up there, or if our viewers saw that screenshot, I should say, you're going to know that we're playing, the Wolves are playing the Raptors and the Heat. Now, if I was to look at the list of some of the best defensive teams from last season, the season before, the season before, you get my point. The Wolves are starting their season against two of the hardest teams defensively to start against. And you're talking about a team that's mostly expected to be an offensive uh, um, juggernaut behind uh, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. They're going to have to work for their shots, uh, especially against, you know, those sort of targeted, really efficient defenses that the, the Heat and Raptors are known for putting out. So I'm looking at the stars on that team struggling a little bit more. I'm looking at them maybe having to take more shots or maybe just making less of their shots, having to do more work from the free throw line. And that sort of scenario creates a need for the ancillary players to step up. The sort of players that really we target in the week ahead. You're talking about bench players. You're talking about, you know, the sixth man. You're maybe talking about the fifth starter. 
who are, are you know going to be the the ones that need to step up. Now, in the article, I kind of touch on this. You're talking about guys like Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Jaden McDaniels, the other three starters, who are all really more defensive players than offensive players, and none of them are really going to go out and get their own. You'd like to see it from some of them. I'm sure there's a Jaden McDaniels fan out there. I consider myself one who's going to tell you that he can do that. But you know what? That's asking a lot for him. Uh, you know, if if, uh, if he's going to go out and do that, show that growth right away against, again, two of the best defensive teams in the league in game one and two while he's still shaking off the rust. So, you know what? I'm, I'm not too optimistic about your options to add from, from that starting lineup. And then you can shift it towards the bench. Yes, everyone loves Kyle Anderson. Everyone loves Slomo. You know, we all know that Nas Reed's one of the best backup centers in the league. But again, you're kind of looking to these people to give you an offensive boost um, in, in this scenario where where you're predicting that a defensive team is really going to kind of shut down your, your, your potential to produce counting stats. And I'm just not sure that those are the sort of players behind Anthony uh, Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns that can really go out and get their own if these guys struggle. And so for me, if I'm looking at adding a, you know, a, a player that could maybe give me plus value, off the waiver wire, I'm not looking at a, a guy who I think is in a scenario where he could struggle offensively. What are you looking for at this part of the year? Um, if you are looking for someone, like you said, that that can be a, a sort of a plus value add, are you looking for someone that gets a lot of minutes? Is there a stat set thing? What's the combination for you right now? Because again, week one is a little different than every other week. Well, you know, minutes is tricky because um, there are, you know, there are some players that are exceptions to the rules. I mean, everyone knows you should probably have a starter rostered at the end of the day. I mean, if they play 30 minutes, that's that many more chances for them to get stats. But it's not about the minutes. I've seen you tweet. I've tweeted myself. We've said it on air countless times about, you know, what? there's a guy, if you give him 20 minutes a game, he's more than good enough. We used to say that about, you know, uh, Paul Reed, who actually I think is probably going to get a big minutes boost this year. Yeah, might, uh, might actually uh, finally get those 20 minutes we're he talking might about. finally get it, exactly. I mean, uh, there are tons of players, more often defenders than, than, than anything else, but there are players who even in small minutes can really be quite impactful. Even uh, a Nerlens Noel, you know, it's a bit of a throwback now, but you know what, you put him out there for 15, 20 minutes a game, how many rebounds, how many steals, how many blocks? That's a difference maker. Um, if you're talking about offensive players, yeah, you want them to have 30 minutes. I kind of talk about this in the article. There's players like RJ Barrett who, you know, you need to put them out there for 30 minutes for them to give you some sort of, count, uh, some sort of, uh, value, um, because of the impact, the efficiency that they represent and the kind of lack of, uh, a rounded stat line that they give. You really need to see scorers out there for, for high playing time. And when you're talking waiver wire players, it's usually harder to rely on that sort of player. So I tend to target when I'm going out to the wire, I tend to target things like three pointers, steals, blocks, because I know that even the worst player on my team in terms of a skill evaluation, if they're giving me a three, a steal, a block, I know that that's actually going to be way more impactful on my my head to head at the end of the week than maybe a 10, 15 point per game score. About how many games or weeks into the season before you do pivot harder into the strategic stream mode, which... Again, and before I, before you answer the question, I I am once again kind of giving away a little bit of something for free here. I, f I hope folks will consider a fantasy pass as they see the um, level of effort that goes to in into all the stuff in there. This is just one piece out of many. There's all these mm -hmm. tools that are going on. Andre has given me uh, a, a sneak preview of the uh, five in-season tools that are, you know, through... Uh, basically a OneDrive online, kind of Microsoft Excel-ish, but not quite. These things are going to be amazing. 
But um, back to the point at hand here. Um, so there's all this stuff. I'm, I'm going to take this down in a minute, but folks can see on the screen right now that you've listed where the back-to-backs are, where the positive schedule spots are. You have yep. all this work done for this week, but it seems like you're not actually using it that much for this week. So when do you start to use this stuff more? Well, I mean, some people are going to be forced into it by injuries and whatever other things we can't predict now. But if it's me, once I start to get a feel for how the playoffs are going to shake out, once you really do start to see kind of a, let's we'll say a noteworthy gap in the standings, I can't really predict exactly what the gaps will be between first and eighth place in a lot of leagues. But uh, you know where you fall in those standings. And the closer you get to the middle or to the bottom, the sooner you're going to need to start considering altering your strategy. Now, if you're that team on top, you're that team that got Nikola Jokic and paired him with a couple of other, you know, early round players. And you're probably just going to cruise through the first couple of weeks uh, because you won't need that extra boost from, from behind, but not every, not every manager is going to have that advantage. And uh, the ones that are going to need to take that risk, uh, probably going to start looking at doing it. Let's say week three, week four, once you've seen a couple of matchups against a couple of different teams where they have different strengths represented and you really get a good idea of what your team is good at, what your team is bad at and what, could be fixed. My last question for you before I sure. let you go is yeah. what if folks, cause I think sometimes, and I'm extremely guilty of this. I think that a mm-hmm. lot of times I broadcast as though everybody listening is an intermediate or expert level player. Yes. This is a really hard thing for us. Those of us that have been staring at this for decades to do but I'm going to ask you to do it, and apologies in advance if it kind of puts you on the hot seat a little. What would you instruct someone who is more in kind of a learning mode on the fantasy side and, and just getting into it? How would you try to walk them through getting settled here on week one? Start all your guys, just see what happens, watch out for certain things, follow certain people on social. Like, what's the path for you if you were going to try to almost Sherpa somebody partway up the mountain. Well, sure. I mean, you, that was a, a law right over home plate for me. Who should they follow on social? No, no, Everyone no, with sports ethos in their tag. <laughs> that wasn't what I was get trying a, to get do. Get a sports like... ethos subscription. <laughs> yes, obviously the news but, feed. Obviously the news feed. Of course. Feed. Yeah, you know what? You put that fantasy basketball hashtag into, into your uh, Twitter or X or whatever search bar, you're going to see a lot of really, uh, you know, really good and sometimes mixed uh, opinions out there. It's your job <laughs> to find someone who, you know, who, who, you, who you think speaks to, uh, you know, speaks the most reason i guess we'll say if you're someone new though and you're really trying to find out a way to make uh you know to really make a a hot start for your league you're going to want to consider streaming you're going to want to learn about what it takes to stream you're going to want to learn about low value days and high value days and you know what that means you're going to want to talk about low value or low impact stats and high impact stats i've kind of touched on them a couple of times already you know what it's there's the analogy about too many fish in the sea or you know uh, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Well, there's more fish in some seas than others. Explain there's that. Not a lot of, Sorry. Th- there's not a lot of players that can give you two blocks per game. There's a lot of players that can give you 15 points per game. There's not a lot of players that can give you two steals per game, but there are that can give you five rebounds per game. And that's the kind of thing that you need to be considering when you're going in there. Another thing you want to talk about too, is you're not following the hype. You know what? There's tons of basketball coverage out there. The guys on TNT, the guy on, guys on ESPN, all these other content creators and every other uh, aspect of uh, basketball, they do a great job of promoting the game. They could do a great job of telling you about that guy that's on the hot streak. They're doing a great job of promoting, you know, the guy that had the highlight dunk or whatever. 
but we're not trying to get the guys that get the highlights. We're not trying to get the guys that have the flashiest stat lines and the trending stories. We're trying to get ahead of the stories. If you're hearing about someone, it's probably going to be too late to make an impact uh, by adding them in your league. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get ahead. You're trying to anticipate who the next person is going to be. And the best way you can do that is by looking at the schedule and seeing which teams play the most games, which of those teams that play the most games play those games on the weakest days, because that is where you're going to create a games played advantage over your opponent. If everything is equal and both teams play the same amount of games and you're just waiting for the better players to win out, and I can't guarantee that you're going to have the better players than your opponent every week. But what I can do is try to help you get more games played than your opponent. And the more games you play, the more stats you accumulate. The same thing as we were saying about players with high minutes. They just get more chances to do more things. So you're looking at the most ways to have the most minutes, the most uh, games played. And uh, you're going to try to uh, focus on impact categories uh, by getting real specialists, I guess we could say. I mean, um, you don't want to just get the guy who's getting good 20 minutes off the bench just because he's got a great reputation, the P.J. Tucker type, for example. I mean, you know what? He can really turn it up sometimes, but for the most part, getting you know a handful of everything isn't going to do much for you. You want a bucket full of everything. Or of one thing, or of two things, I guess I should say. Everything's a little bit much. Yeah, that's we asking. Can't, we can't have the world. Can't, we can't, not everyone we can, can take ask, Jokic. We can, we can ask, damn it. Derek but you Bond, know what? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, you know what? It's all about just finding the guys who are going to win you a category, two categories. If you're lucky, three. But you know what? You can't have the world. You're going you're gonna to step back in some areas whenever you add a player. There, there's no such thing as, uh, as progress. It's just trade-offs. So what's your trade-off when you're adding a player off the wire? Are you going to, is it worth it for you to go up in blocks if you're going to go down in three-pointers when you've got a team built around guards? You have to know your team. You have to understand your strengths. you got to understand the best way that the players that are available on the wire can amplify those strengths. Damn, that was... you got to message your local pros for advice because we're happy good. to give it. We love talking fantasy basketball. Man, that was good. My only <laughs> regret on this whole segment is that I didn't ask you that question first. Damn it. Derek. Awesome oh, stuff, we'll do this man. again sometime. Don't yes, worry about it. Yes. <laughs> Derek and I are going to be getting together on Mondays. You, I mean, today, Tuesday, because the season starts a day late. But Derek and I are going to be getting together on Mondays. We're going to give you guys the lowdown on the week ahead. You can always get the deep dive in the week ahead piece that he puts together over in the Fantasy Pass at Sports Ethos. And obviously, give him a follow over on social at D-Ball, B-Ball. Derek Ball, my man, thank you so much for hopping on today. Dan, thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. He will. We will. Ah, man. I, well, I did my best, I hope, to highlight the Twitter feed. Go find it. Um, it's a great starting spot. If you've got a couple of bucks that you feel like investing, the Fantasy Pass at Sports Ethos, that's part of uh, what keeps the website afloat. Um, so do check that out. And Derek's piece is a part of that as well. Uh, again, he is at DBallBball on social media. Mid-show reminder before we get to some questions and some weekly lineup decisions that uh, I'll be pulling up on screen as well, that this show is brought to you by our pals, make sure it's right side up, at manscaped.com. I continue to await. It's in the mail. I got a shipping confirmation today. The Lawnmower 5.0 is on the way. I'll be showing you that uh, maybe by later this week, depending on how fast it arrives. This is the Handyman. This one is the actual electric face razor. Last week, I shaved my cheeks on air with it. Today, I'll... Uh, well, I don't know if it can handle... I let the hairs get a little thick on the old neck here. 
uh, might actually need to go back to a lawnmower for that one. But manscaped.com, you can get anything you want over there. I also have, and I've done this before too, I have the uh, luxury nail kit that's also right here on my desk. This is not me doing this because I'm on a show. I actually have this right here all the time because I'm a fidgeter and I pick my nails. And if I have that, I can not pick my nails. And that's also part of the Ethos 20 Twenty uh, percent off and free shipping. Delight over at Manscaped.com. That again is so Ethos twenty is the promo code Ethos two zero to get twenty percent off and free shipping on your order at Manscaped.com. Couple of thoughts on the streaming side from my own weird brain. Um, basically reflecting what Derek said, which is I think a lot of folks, and I've already had people ask me on Twitter, and I. Um, with apologies to them, ignored the questions because I don't think this is a great week for you to be out there going, ooh, should I pick up Torian Prince and drop somebody that I drafted yesterday? I mean, yeah, Torian Prince might have two or three three-pointers tonight, but you did all this research on leading up to your fantasy draft, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of research, and you pick these guys at the end of your draft probably because you have some sort of faith that they have a shot, at the very least, of making it to a, a next level, of providing a season-long boost to your team. Now, I know a lot of people that actually drafted their 13th, 14th player with the express intent of playing that player on opening night. Like, they drafted Lakers and Nuggets and Suns and Warriors that play tonight with the intention of dropping them after Thursday or whatever, and that's fine. But most of us, with our 11th, 12th, 13th round picks, we went out and we got guys that we thought, if things break right, this could be a top 80 per game player. 14th round, 15th round, you start to get in, you know, 160, 170 picks deep. Fine. Those guys, maybe you don't really care that much how they perform. Maybe those guys are like 1% chance flyers. If you want to exchange those dudes, that's fine. That's deeper rosters than most of these Yahoo public leagues have. But for me, unless something insane jumps out, in this first game, and it's not because somebody's out, because, like, Bradley Beal is likely out for the Suns, and Booker is questionable, although it sounds like he wants to play, and other pieces of news. Um, let's see, what else, what else is going on here? Um, Terrence Mann is likely out for the Clippers in their first ball game. Luka Doncic is questionable. Uh, Jared Allen is out. Darius Garland is questionable. These guys are going to miss games when their teams play. There's going to be that. And you might see somebody fill in, which we've referred to as a burger board player on Fantasy NBA Today before. This is not the kind of thing where you break the bank to go get an injury replacement. This is a time where you play it chill. See how the guys do that you thought had a chance to be a full season play two days ago. Before you're just like, ah, and you pull all the plugs out of the machine because one guy had a decent game because Bradley Beal was on the shelf or something to that effect. So please do take it easy in that regard. Um, and that's my my overarching thought on that one. Uh, another piece of, of information here for those that are making weekly lineup decisions this is where you're generally looking at the players that are or are not injured right now. Um, going through some of the top names on the board, Luca being questionable. He's a guy you're starting Darius Garland is questionable. I would start him as well. James Harden, you're probably not starting, would be my take, because it doesn't sound like he actually wants to show up. Um, who are some of the other guys that are either questionable or out that are near the top? Jared Allen, you're benching this week. It sounds like he could miss, actually, the entire first week of the season. 
Uh, Bradley Beal, I'm probably playing. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit questionable, but they do have a three-game week, so if we can get two out of him, I think I'd feel pretty good about that. So I'll go with a yes on Beal. Um, Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons, I think, are both questionable, but I'm starting them. Kuzma's questionable. Draymond Green is out. I think I'd probably bench him because I don't expect him to be much better than a top 100 play anyway. And so if he misses another game, now you're really going underwater there. Uh, and then in terms of other guys that are are uh, right near the periphery, Zach Collins is questionable. Unfortunately, you're going to have to make a call on him today. I don't know that he's good enough to roll the dice if he only ends up with a one-game week. So I would probably sit him... You're sitting Jaden McDaniels. Uh, you're obviously sitting Boyan Bogdanovich because we got word that he's out for a month. And I think that's basically it for the guys that could actually move the needle a little bit for uh, weekly lineup decisions. Let's get to some questions. This is everybody's favorite part of the weekly lineup show. If you've got a question and you're watching live, this is a great time to put it in there. If you're listening to this show after the fact, first of all, you don't have that much time to listen to it and then still set your lineup. I would strongly recommend coming aboard and watching this one live as it's being recorded. All the other ones, your experience is not going to be all that different. This particular show, where you're uh, looking ahead at the week and an opportunity to throw some questions in a chat room that might get on air, here you go. I am not going to be answering every question in the YouTube chat. I should also mention that because if you've got like an, hey, here's my three guys on my bench. Which one do I put in there? This is more about me trying to find questions that apply to more than one team, if at all possible. Some days that'll be two or three questions. Some days that'll be 15 to 20. Um, today we'll probably keep it a little bit on the shorter side uh, because it is week one. Um, I don't know that people have a ton of questions yet, but uh, let's see what we've got as I navigate over to the chat room. Uh, Nils, no, that one's, well, this one's kind of specific, but maybe we can talk about the players. Opinion on a Persingas and Tyus Jones for Brooke Lopez and Jeremy Grant trade. Uh, I like the Persingas side. He's far and away the best player in that trade package, and typically, unless you're in a very deep league, you're looking to maximize the top players on the board. Persingas is a top 15 fantasy player. In Boston, he might be more like top 20. Brooke Lopez takes a step back. He's probably the second highest ranked player on this board. And then Tyus Jones and Jeremy Grant are a little bit of a wash, frankly. Um, maybe Jeremy Grant's a little bit better. But Porzingis is so far beyond what you can expect from the other guys that, in general, a good rule of thumb is you take the side of the trade with the best player in the deal and just understand that you can work around the edges some other time. Those guys just move the needle in a way that the middling players or slightly later players don't. Is Christian Brown startable? Not in 12-teamers, I don't think. And this is the kind of stuff you're gonna we're going to be looking for tonight because uh, Bruce Brown is gone in Denver. Christian Brown's going to see uh, some of those Bruce Brown minutes. You might see Justin Holiday even take a few of those minutes. I wouldn't start him in a games cap format. If he's like the last player on your bench and you're in full stream mode here on day one, Okay, have at it if you want. Like, he'll probably play 20-some-odd minutes tonight and do something with them. But uh, to say I'm expecting a lot would be, I think, a uh, dramatic overestimate. Uh, Life of Cruz has the moment you realize you don't have any Suns, Lakers, Warriors, and 76ers players. Oh, I have one team like that. I actually do. I'm with you, Life of, of Cruz, not Cruz. Um... 
or cuz, life of cuz. Um, I have one team out of all of my cash leagues where I don't have a single one, single player at any of those four clubs. And so tonight is a little bit of a buzzkill for that league. But um, this is why I'm in so many leagues. No, that's not why. P.S. Loving all the content you've put out, Dan. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, I've tried to do a lot, like a lot, a lot, this fantasy run-up. Um, I'm trying to do more shows and Twitter or shows and uh, YouTube stuff this season than years past. I'll try to keep that going a little bit, but at some point we will kind of dial it back a little. Uh, Cambria says, keep up the good work, Mr. Bespris and company. Appreciate the daily content. You are welcome. Is there a way to access the pass even for a different region? Um, I'm assuming, yeah, um, the Fantasy Pass should be available for folks anywhere. Um, it's all just through sportsethos.com. Fantasy Pass is 6 bucks a month. Um, it's got all sorts of cool tools in it that we're going to be rolling out here over the next week. Um, and obviously it has all the, the draft content in it as well. So if you already have the Fantasy Pass, then you already have access to all this stuff that we've been talking about on, uh, on today's show as well. Um, Samuel says, Miles Turner and Keegan Murray or Christoph Porzingis and John Collins. See, now this one's tighter because uh, Miles Turner and Christoph Porzingis are, are uh, kind of closer to a wash. In fact, they might be ranked right next to each other this year at the end of the day. So then it's a question of who do you like more, Keegan Murray or John Collins? I think I'd take the shot on the Collins side because I do think that he has maybe a little more per game upside if things break right. Maybe with Murray, you have a better chance of things, of floor. Murray's got the better floor. Collins has the better upside. I'll take the Porzingis and John Collins side. Um, because, frankly, I think Porzingis and Miles Turner could be drafted almost interchangeably this year, and they probably both end up around 65 games played. David says, how do you feel about Bilal Kulabali? Bilal, Bilal Kulabali. I've messed that up a bunch of times. He seems really hype. Um, eh, learning curve. Can I just say learning curve and leave it at that? I don't think you're going to get much out of the shoot. If you do get a bunch out of the shoot, I mean, I've been wrong before, but there's a learning curve that doesn't really hit until real NBA regular season stuff starts coming around the bend. Nil says, I just finished my draft. I landed Halliburton, Kevin Durant. What? The JJJ Miles Turner Jamal Murray with my first picks. God bless the ESPN draft board. Holy crap! Maybe I should play more on ESPN. Usman says, "Talk about the Euro MVP Sasha. I think that's Vesenkov uh, on the Kings. I don't think he's going to play more than about twenty minutes a game to start. Uh, so I wouldn't worry too much about it here in twelve teamers." Stephen Vallejo says, or Vallejo depending on if you pronounce it the Northern California way or the actual way. Should I give Rocco one last go for the OMBS, would be the old man Vesper squad? Uh, no. The only way Rocco has value, I believe, is if the Clippers have to trade all of their wings to get James Harden. And then it's like a Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, Ivica Zubats, and nobody on Russell Westbrook, and that's the entire team. And then Rocco is like sitting on the bench by himself with nobody else there. Um, but they have too they have too many damn wings. There'll be days where he gets to play 20 minutes. There'll be days where he plays six, and I just can't trust the in-between. Now, if we see him come out on day one and play like 27 minutes, I would do it, but I don't think you need to do it before the season starts. 
And I think that's where we'll leave it on the Q&A part for now because my voice is tired. I did a hit this morning on VEASAN. This is my second pod of the day, and we've been doing one to one and a half to two shows every single day for a month and a half. Late ES sneaks a question. Two questions got snuck in here right at the end. My apologies if asked already. Would you play KCP tonight in Roto? Mm, yeah. He's going to be around like a 95 range guy. So I think you could, and it really wouldn't be the end of the world. The question is, do you think you get a warm KCP on opening night? And usually the answer is that the shooters take a day or two to kind of get their legs underneath them from a rust standpoint. Uh, but in that, to that degree, you're getting a little bit cute. Um, I probably would. I think he gets you a couple of three-pointers and a steal, but I don't think he gets much beyond that. So if you're looking at your team and you're like, this team's going to need steals and threes as we go, then I would, I'd say yes. But if you're in a roto situation where your better picks, your guys that maybe that aren't playing today or your top nine or ten, if, you, if that's already a strong team in steals and threes, then I don't think I would blow a game on KCP. Chris Bossom says, any news on Jared Allen? Uh, all we know is that he's out, and the latest report from uh, Chris Fodor uh, mentioned that he is potentially out through the home games over the weekend as well. So I think they're expecting him to miss a week. Um, that would keep him on my bench in any weekly league, and I wouldn't expect to see Allen until next week. So just start getting your expectations in check on the Jared Allen front, and that way you're not disappointed when he doesn't play for three or four games. Okay, thanks for watching, everybody. This was Week 1 Preview. We'll be back with Derek for another one of these on Monday. Obviously, I will be back with you tomorrow to break down the first two box scores of the first damn NBA slate, which, by the way, Lakers at Nuggets, Suns at Warriors, likely no Bradley Beal in that Suns game, no uh, Jared Vanderbilt for the Lakers, no Draymond Green for the Warriors. So things that we're kind of keeping an eye on tonight, if you want to do this very quickly for the Lakers, um, what is Torian Prince actually going to be doing this season? Hard to know while Vanderbilt is out, but that's something to keep a little watch on. I'm actually most interested in D'Angelo Russell because they brought in Gabe Vincent, but D'Lo had a hell of a preseason. He was playing hard. He played defense during the preseason. He looked good. He looked confident. I think D'Lo might surprise some people, but I, I am waiting to find out. For the Nuggets, it's about who takes the Bruce Brown minutes. Is it Christian Brown? Uh, is more going to the starters off a championship run? I don't think that would be a good idea. Do they trust the youngsters more? Does Justin Holiday squeeze out a few? For the Suns, it's really about whether or not Yusuf Nurkic gets a full complement of minutes and then who can soak up some of the other stuff besides the superstars, although I wouldn't make any large sweeping decisions while Beal is out. And for the Warriors, uh, with no Draymond, we know Kevon Looney is almost a guarantee for nine rebounds plus. Uh, everybody else, and myself included, would like to know what's going to happen with Jonathan Kaminga this year. Uh, with Draymond out, he would seem to have a slightly larger opening here on opening night. Uh, but I'm more interested in what happens with Kaminga after Draymond comes back. If Kaminga's a free agent in your league and he has a big game, you kind of need to then add him just to see how it shakes out even though I would put out there that I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing once Draymond is around, but you don't want to be the person with your pants down if he actually does start to put up a little more consistent stuff. We'll start doing more of that tomorrow. My thought in my mind, and we'll see how this the schedule stuff actually takes place, is that in the morning on most days, we'll break down the previous night of games. We'll go through the box scores, any other pieces of news that hit, if we have time in the afternoon, specifically on larger card days, maybe we'll even try to do kind of a nightly preview sort of show. 
Um, but that won't be every night. I simply won't have time to do one of those every single day. So uh, there'll be days where we sort of mash it all together into one morning show. There'll be days where we split it up, depending on how much content there is. Make sure to stay tuned, and uh, you'll see it when you see it. Thanks again to Derek. He is at DBallBball on Twitter. I'm at Dan Vespris. You know you guys need to find us over on social because the season has begun, and that's where the news happens the fastest. Like, rate, subscribe. Tell your friends. See you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.